Hey, wanna watch a movie? What movie? You know, the one about the thing that one time. What are you looking at? I'm a bitch with a gun. Get your shit! Get your shit! And get out! All my life I had to fight. I had to fight my daddy, I had to fight my uncles, I had to fight my brothers. Listen, you think because you got a badge and I got a couple of degrees, that makes a difference? Do you know what white folks call people like you and me in private? Drop the law, baby. Take the shit back. Just for a night, take the shit back. I'm so freaking pissed. The world's gonna die. I can feel it coming. Uh, who all in it? Okay, so let's just go ahead right now and make a decision that this is going to be a two-parter. Let's okay. just save ourselves. Yes. <laughs> all right, I feel a little bit less pressure now. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm okay. trying to find, I, there's like one song that I like forgot. What's the the one that like keeps on coming back? It's like the sad song when everything depressing happens. Is it the I, Chasing Cars that she Chasing Cars, I've commented on that. It, Chasing Cars is, um, they had that when Denny died. And then they ran it back and had two people cover it, two separate covers yeah. of Eric's death. Okay. And is it like, it, is it also in the musical episode? Because there's also another sad one in the musical episode that like, that Callie sings. Uh, the music, I didn't even, I forgot about that. It's probably in that one because okay. it, it was like their signature song. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm thinking of. <laughs> like I, I have like a Pavlovian response. Every time I hear that song, I want to cry. Like, <laughs> I love it. Like I don't have a Pavlovian response to it. I just like find myself singing it sometimes. And Renee's like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah. So when this when this show came out in two thousand five. Katrina had not yet happened. That's how mm-hmm. long ago this was. That's this- crazy. <sighs> yeah. I was 18. I was 26. 26 years old. Like, I remember seeing it, like, come up, like, you know, like, when I would, like, be watching TV. Because I think that, like, did Hulu exist yet? Or like, no, I don't. Definitely not. <laughs> I was like, there was like some sort of like streaming platform that like I used to watch stuff on. And I don't know if it was just like beach warranting or like what it was. But I remember like Scrubs was on it and mm-hmm. like Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, I don't do that. Like medical procedural show type yeah. shit. Like, It's weird because I didn't watch it when it first came out either. I... I, I think when it first came out, I was totally not into the medical procedure because it was post ER mm-hmm. and I was over that. Like ER had burned me out. Um, <laughs> but then my friend Melanie at the time started telling me about this really good show called mm-hmm. Grey's Anatomy and she got me hooked into it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I found out it was run by a black woman. I was, and I was like, okay, bet I'm on board now. So. 
I had like watched all of Scandal. Like I had been watching Scandal and like How to Go Away with Murder. And like um, someone asked me like, oh, are you into Grey's Anatomy? Because it's like Shonda and I like hadn't known. Mm. And then I was just like, uh, I don't know. This is like a massive investment. Because at that time it was like maybe like 14 seasons in, like 13 or 14 seasons in. And it was just, no, was it? Yeah, it must have been. It was like really far in. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> like, this is a lot. It's just a lot of show. Yeah. Um, and then I was like going through a breakup. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's time. Yeah. Like, it's time. I need, like, 14 seasons of something to, like, lie in bed to. And it was great. It was fantastic. hmm Yeah. It's like, whatever I'm going through, it's, like, not even, doesn't even hold a candle. No, no. No matter how bad things get, they're not as bad as what Meredith is getting dealt with. All right. Poor Meredith. Oh, my God. We'll it's just keep on coming. Meredith is in a coma right now. And the truly cannot catch last, a break. The person she last was in love with just died while she was in a coma. Like, okay, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I'm like, she was getting over him. Oh, come on. No, not in a bad way. I'm just like, I'm like, I feel like, obviously, like, it's sad. Yeah. But like, also, you know that she was, she was like, she was like, mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of, like, you know, me and DeLuca, like, it's been where it needed to be. Like, yeah. now I'm into Irish dude. Wait, now that I'm hasn't into happened Widow. yet. That- She's totally into McWidow. That's Mc what's going to happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what Yang calls him, right? Oh, my God. McWidow. Yes. That's right. That was a present from Yang. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I forgot all about that. Yeah, you know that's happening. Yeah, duh. Mm-hmm. That's why they had to kill off DeLuca. They could have kept DeLuca. They didn't need to. Like, remember, DeLuca was first with Maggie. Everyone mm-hmm. forgets that and then blew Maggie off. They could have navigated around that. They didn't have to kill him off. That was unfucking necessary. I'm still mad about it. Shonda just does not give a fuck. She does not care about <laughs> us at all. Like, and then the last episode with the video, it was too much. It was too much. Wait, the last episode with the video. Have I, am I caught up yet? Did you see last Thursday's episode? Uh, the memorial? Oh, you haven't seen that? Oh, oh maybe not. Shit, okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. Yeah, maybe not. I just saw, like, DeLuca die. Okay, then Spoiler no. alert. Um... Yeah, no, like, well, I just feel like, I feel like his mental health, like, crisis was, like, too much of a plot line. Like, not because I was mad at it, but I was just like, this is taking up so much energy that, like, I could see Shonda being like, we've done what we needed to do with this. Now it's time for him to go. Oh, (laughs) they were really addressing it and dealing with it. And it felt like there was resolution happening. Yeah, and that shit got resolved. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Why are you like this? <laughs> I'm a cold-hearted motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> DeLuca. I know, RIP. Pour one out for DeLuca. It was really beautiful with his mom, though. That was really sweet. Like him, like, walking into the distance with his mom. Yeah, that was really sweet. I did cry. Yeah. 
know, it's going to be some sad lesbian energy between Karina and her Station 19 crossover lover. Okay, so that that lady's from Station 19 because I didn't, I don't yeah. know who that is. So. Yeah, she's from Station 19. She's kind of annoying in Station Station 19 too. Okay, you need to get to it. We need to get to it. Oh, we're including all of this pre. All of this is happening. Yeah before because none of us mentioned owen and i think it's because none of us care about (laughs) i mean like owen's gonna come up organically when we talk about how much we love gang because she was so too good for i feel like watching the relationship with owen has like taught me so much about like why nice men are like worthless Mm mm-hmm mm-hmm it, yeah watching like even I remember even from the beginning when like they first became a thing I was like Harpo who this man like why why is he even okay to even talk to Christina I don't get this I don't understand what's happening <laughs> like I like I'm gonna I'm gonna withhold I'm gonna withhold. okay okay all right <laughs> okay all right let's get started <laughs> it's already 118 welcome <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Who All In It, a spin-off podcast with Who All Gonna Be There that explores movies and TV through a critical race lens. I'm Mel. I work, therefore I am tired. Very tired. None of my 14 jobs technically make me qualified to review film and TV, but I'm Black and I'm here watching TV. I'm pretty sure that makes me an expert. Prove me wrong. And I'm Ariella, and I am doing work things, film things, art things, literally who knows why at this point. I am also Black, also here, also in front of a screen all the time. And I am literally so excited for this episode. Me too. (laughs) So we welcome your feedback or shout outs or suggestions, unless they're to review Bridgerton. I'm sorry, we're not going to do it. Um on our all of our reviews in future episodes feel free to drop us a line um write in or drop a video recording to our email at natturnerproject0 at gmail.com and we will play it and respond on this podcast we certainly welcome your thoughts and opinions on the movies and shows that we review and what you think we should review wait so we're not gonna review bridgerton is what you're saying I guess I should have cleared that with you before I said it, but this is just like a personal boundary for me. <laughs> That's like, you could do it. <laughs> I would just be quiet. You're all like, that looks cute for you, for Bridgerton. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you know. Bridgerton is a hard limit for review. People like things. That's I didn't dislike it. I just don't want to, I just don't want to, I just don't want to go on the record about it. Is it like a thing like there's too much to unpack that you don't want to be recorded <laughs> for it? Maybe. I don't know. I get I think, <laughs> I think it's about conserving my energy. Mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so... Today, y'all, we are going to be talking about Grey's Anatomy. Um, I am so, like, there's so much. I'm so happy about all of this. 
But a little background info on Grey's Anatomy before we get started. Um, it first debuted in March of 2005. It is still running. It is currently the longest running American primetime medical drama series. Um, it was created by Shonda Rhimes, who was a writer and showrunner until 2017. The current showrunner is Krista Vernoff, starring Ellen Pompeo, Chandra Wilson, James Pickens Jr., Kevin McKidd, Jesse Williams, Debbie Allen, and a host of other people who have come and gone um, throughout the years, but we'll get to that. And then the music, the music is the unspoken other character of Grey's Anatomy. Um, and it has, it has featured pretty much every sad emo title in the top 40 during any given season. And many pop, t many pop titles reworked to become yeah. sad emo titles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most notably, personally for me. Oops, I did it again. So typically me. Hashtag free Britney. Um, and I cannot remember the exact episode or the exact scene where that cover of No Scrubs plays, but I believe that it happens in the NICU. There's so much there. Um, and then my favorite of all time was the episode where those two girls like jump in front of a train because they're gay for each other and they think their parents are gonna separate them. And like, I think that they like are like, you know, when they figure out, when like the doctors figure out that that's what's happening, like a cover of Wrecking Ball starts playing, which is so much. <laughs> I'm not anti, but it's just such a strong choice. It was just such a strong choice that, you know, you're just like, is this really happening? Yeah. Yes, this is happening. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm here watching this and hearing this inside my body. Yes. Um, so, of the, of the music, and there's so much, there's so much music. I think that those covers all happened in one season. I think that was a Shonda choice. And I can't remember what season it was, but like all of the music was just covers of like pop songs slowed down and made sad. <laughs> so. I think it was season 10. Okay. Okay. Cause I, I feel like on the fan boards, that's where everybody's just like collectively groaning. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. Why is this happening to all of us together? Um, I feel like I remember a, a cover of Bitch. You know, I'm a bitch. I'm a yes. I, I did actually like that one. <laughs> I'm like not mad at these covers, honestly. I'm just like, I just feel like it's so bold. Like, it's so bold to be like, I'm a country musician and nobody knows me. And I'm going to do a cover of No Scrubs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then Shonda, or does Shonda, or, or, you know, whoever, right? Because it's not like Shonda's like, Shonda doesn't have time for all this. Right, right. To be honest. But like, somebody's like, oh, we have to commission this particular, like, type of cover of No Scrubs. Like, I just want to know. 
I mean, for me, it cuts a little bit close to the bone because like I remember and I don't know if it's still a thing, but there was like a whole genre not too long ago of white girls with long hairs and acoustic guitars taking hip hop songs and like turning them into sad acoustic emo songs. Yeah, like, yeah. in the tradition then, of Elvis and the Beach Boys. Yeah, and it just, it pissed me off. It did piss me off mm-hmm. a lot. So like, it wasn't, yeah, I feel you. like I remember there was one um, for Kendrick Lamar's uh, All Right. Like seriously, people, come on. <laughs> um and yes of course the the seminal song that everyone knows Grey's Anatomy for Chasing Cars and if if you don't hear this song and inwardly die a little bit you have to ask yourself is there anything there really like are you dead inside <laughs> I don't know it is what we call a motif (laughs) you hear it and you know someone's going someone has got to die someone is going to be taken from us (laughs) I still don't know all the words I just like make it up You know why you don't know all the words or any of the words? Because you're too busy crying whenever that song comes. I know. Although I will say, what it first—I don't know if this first, what if I don't know if this was the first appearance of it, but I do remember the musical episode, like hands down, least favorite episode of all time. Mm -hmm. I hated that episode. It was so annoying. I remember it being like deeply annoyed and being like when Cat, like because is it like Callie singing it to like her own? herself like while she's on the table being operated on yes yeah and i was just like like the whole time and then it just like it it, you know like it it's like the refrain so like then it becomes like an ensemble piece and it's like owen singing i'm just like i can't do this and like owen's so annoying by that point that you're just like oh god like and adding like is this a Joss Whedon show? Oh, yeah. Oh, this, the Buffy singing episode is. I rewatched it. That, that, that doesn't hold up as well as it should. I will say I like the Buffy musical episode better than I like the Grace Anatomy musical episode. Like, I got granted, the bar is on the floor. The bar is on the floor. Mm-hmm. But I do like the Buffy episode, musical episode better. Confused about how. Mm. Mm. it's still corny and bad it's okay. just less corny and bad I just think it like if you're gonna give a character a song that is mostly minor keys you should you should make sure that that person can actually sing that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> I mean I'm speaking from my perspective as somebody who knows absolutely nothing about music or singing I literally cannot even tell when someone can sing unless they're extremely good I just really like that um, that Spike track, the "Let Me Rest in Peace," because I like I like the guy who plays Spike. I mean, yes, Spike was great in it. Spike is pretty much great the entire run. So, and that's all I remember. That's all I remember. I remember there's like some like 
like Willow saying some like gay shit to Tara that I feel like I, <laughs> it was I awful. It was awful. <laughs> While she's like completely um, blurring the lines of consent and fucking with Amber's head, it was terrible. I don't remember that. I mean, oh yeah, fair enough. But, fair enough. <laughs> but okay. But I digress. <laughs> I actually do remember the first time chasing cars um, appear- appeared on Grey's Anatomy. It was the end of second season when Denny dies. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm like tired in advance of like talking about Izzy and Denny. We didn't even list Izzy and Denny. Are we going to talk about Izzy? And Thank Denny? God. We don't have to. I think no, Izzy and Denny's on our list. Oh, is oh they okay? Yeah. Because I think we have to talk about it because I feel like it was the first major death and that kind of set the tone. But, <laughs> but okay, before we get into it, I do want to issue this small disclaimer. There will be spoilers, a lot of spoilers, y'all, some old, some new. So if you're not trying to hear it, I suggest you skip this one. You've been warned. Um, also, this show is like 17 years old. What are you doing with your life? Literally, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) Like, also, we've already had so many spoilers. And I'm not going to apologize for that. We've already, like, literally spoiled, like, the most recent episode of the show. Like, Melanie just spoiled it for me on recording. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine with it. I don't care. I'm going to watch it. Like, I don't care about spoilers. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still in it. Okay. Okay. Nothing can stop me. (sighs) (laughs) all right so the way we're going to talk about this is rather because it's 17 years old we're not going to break this down scene by scene arc by arc we've each picked out like several character arcs um and like crucial pivotal moments that we want to explore um hence why this show is going to be a two-parter Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of good moments, a lot of bad moments, a lot of what the fuck are you doing to us, Shonda moments. Mm-hmm. And we are going to try and break down all of them. Um, and I feel like we should set a timer for each one. <laughs> oh my God. Is this going to be like a five parter? <laughs> like, I feel like th- this is only one section. We've got like four other sections. I mean, I could, I'm pro, like, honestly. Okay, let's see. But we can see how it goes. I'm going to set, like, (laughs) what do you think? Like a 10-minute timer for each arc? Yeah, okay. 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 Because otherwise, I'm just like, are we ever going to stop? Yeah. Because we're starting with, like, the, you know, the show. Like, Meredith and Ellis Gray. Yeah. All right, so let's begin there. Meredith and Ellis Gray, the namesake of the show Grey's Anatomy, which is a play on you straight in the mommy issues. Huh? Hit you straight in the mommy issues just right from the start. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I'm going to say, like, for me, this is the thing that initially drew me in. Like, I liked this idea of, like, a strong... um, female character who had a really shitty relationship with her mother um and it just sort of echoed throughout pretty much all aspects of her life despite how successful 
she was. I could relate to that at the time. So like for me, like showing this mother who was unapologetically awful was kind of new and interesting to me narratively. So that's kind of like the first thing that I like was drawn into with this show. Um, and yeah, like Ellis Gray was just kind of this like wildly successful surgeon, um, lauded, awarded, but she was very, very flawed, didn't really know how to be a loving mother to her daughter. The only way that she could express love is by like trying to make her into her image. It was, it's just a really sad relationship that was only really resolved with her death. And then, you know, folding in the issues of Alzheimer's and like the things that Meredith came to learn about her, her mother um, in her adulthood as she came into her own adulthood. I just thought it was a really well done story and a really well done character arc for them. I don't know, what were your thoughts on their relationship or their story? I think it changed for me over time. Like, I don't think I immediately, when I first started watching the show, I was like, fuck Meredith. Like, I really cannot stand this bitch. She's so annoying. Like, I was just, but you know, she's just like this skinny white girl who like accidentally sleeps with her paws and like has, you know, like has like trauma, but like, you know, the whole package of like who she is, like initially from the start, I don't, I didn't feel sold on yeah. it. Like, I was just like, oh, she's, like, so, like, melodramatic and, like, white people damaged, you know? Like, and then I feel like as the, like, what I love about this show is that it, like, really, so like, I really got sold on the relationship between her and her mom and, like, how complicated it was. Like, and I think that for me, I especially started to, like, I really appreciated how much, like, fidelity there was to the to to like Meredith's issues like with her mom and her relationship with her mom and what I liked the most was actually like the arcs that got built up after Ellis's death yeah Um, and like all of the things that she like sort of like learned about her mom and like remembered about her mom like after she died like I think the piece about like how she discovers um like uh like the arc with Maggie um and like also um what I really appreciated was the arc with um where she discovers the relationship between um her mom and Marie Sarone. Mm, yes um and like I just really appreciated how they like you know had painted this portrait of Ellis as like this woman who grew up in a certain era under like you know like and was trying to be a doctor in this like heavily like male dominated um like white supremacist industry like as it still is, right? And like um, made all of these choices, right? Like in order to get what she wanted um, and how like that's that, I feel like the show does a really good job of like showing that these were choices, right? Like, and even the flashback sequences, right? Like she constantly compares her experience, like she constantly compares her experience to Richard's, even though it's completely different, right? But like, just like, you know, she's pulling like prime, like white lady bullshit, Mm -hmm. like in a, like a very real way, Mm -hmm. um, where it's like clear that like, it's, you know, like 
you're not being asked to like sympathize with her yeah but you can understand why she's making those choices even if you don't but you don't you don't have to like them yeah but they feel real yeah um and like I don't know I just feel for like I feel like there's I just like know so many like black women and femmes who like love this show and I just like love how you know there's like this white woman character who like makes like all of these just like regular like white people choices but like fuck people over um but also at the same time you like are like I feel like I got to a place where I can empathize with her even if I don't like her as a character and I like totally understand the like the choices that Meredith makes yeah like that stand in contrast to that right where she's like constantly putting her own career on the line because of her um because of her like because of her like ethics and her like her ability to empathize with people in a way that her mom couldn't yeah yeah that's a really good point I the the show does a really good job of, of like highlighting Ellis Gray's agency and like the fact that she made these choices and she knew she was making these choices but at the same time you're able to empathize with her while not necessarily liking her and I think that's a really hard thing to do as a writer I think nowadays you see a lot of anti-hero tropes which I think is kind of taking the cheap way out in some ways they're not trying to make Ellis Gray an anti-hero she's a very flawed human being Mm -hmm. but they did uh, they did a really good job of explaining why she made the choices she did and like really showing how she didn't make those choices in a vacuum she made those choices in the world that she lived in right and then I think about that and I think about what you said with Meredith making kind of these choices that were antithetical to Ellis because of that, but then choosing to befriend Christina Yang, who in a lot of ways is very much like Ellis Gray. Um, so I, I think that's interesting too. And we'll talk about that more with Christina Yang, I think, but yeah. Um, Meredith is, Meredith's choice to be like best friends, to be the person for someone who runs a very deep parallel to her mother in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I feel you. I think that like, I, I don't know if I like agree, but like, I think that, I think that yes, like Yang is sort of like uh, the way that Christina and like Meredith like foil each other. Mm-hmm is like she is Christina shares similar qualities to Ellis but I feel like there's so many like to me I feel like there's some fundamental differences between their characters yeah like like I feel like for me Ellis is this like not like indictment but like this like it really holds up a mirror to like the ways in which like white feminism provides like a cover for so many white women to like make excuses for the ways that the choices that they make like are at the expense of other people yeah um like including other white women right like including like her own daughter um including her well her own like white daughter and I think to some extent like less Maggie because Maggie ends up having like you know this like beautiful um and like well-adjusted childhood Mm-hmm. with her parents um but like I think that um I don't know I feel like because like Ellis kind of like you know I don't know I feel like you know like psychologically she kind of like 
poisons herself and like denies herself of happiness, but also like poisons other everybody around her too. Yeah. Um, like to have access to power, like to do what she loves, but also like one of the things that she loves is like power and like recognition. Um, yeah. I don't know. And like, I think Christina like shares some of those qualities, but I feel like she doesn't like in the show, it's just like the show does such a good job of like making it so clear that like Christina doesn't have the same options. True. And like, she's also not interested in like making the same sorts of choices. I think that the Christina that we were introduced to in the beginning was very much interested in making those same choices and that mm-hmm. her exposure to Meredith and her exposure to some of the other characters kind of put her on a different path. But I think what we saw was a battle for her to kind of figure out which of those things she really wanted um, and which of them she was willing to give up. We've hit our time on this, mm-hmm. haven't we? Okay. I think that, I mean, we can go over. I was just like, I was just, you know, uh, I feel like on. we could talk about this forever. I feel like it's organically flowing into Christina and Meredith. Yeah. So let's just move into Christina and Meredith. Um, they're each other's persons. Um, I love their friendship. I love their friendship. I think it is one of the most beautiful friendships on television, American television. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it supersedes any romantic relationship I've ever seen on television um, in terms of depth, in terms of like character development, in terms of the shit that they've seen each other through, in terms of portraying the ups and downs of a friendship. Like they've been through some shit together, not all of it great. Like there was, there was a whole season where they hated each other. I remember mm-hmm. that. That was hard to watch. That was really hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then right up until the very end when like even the end when Christina came up the stairs on the air on the at the airport and Meredith looked at her and, and she knew right away you're leaving. Like I just think it was a really beautiful friendship from start to finish. So yeah, I like am, I uh, totally respect Sandra O's choices. Obviously, like I worship her, but like it is beyond sad to me that she's never going to make a reprisal on Grace. Um, Cause I love Yang so much. Yang is everything to me. She is. Um, like there's just so many things about, I just, I think um, there's so many things about their relationship that I love. I really love the, the, like the struggle that they went through with um, when like Meredith was feeling insecure about like being behind on research because of, because of childcare and like, and like that sort of conflict. I just feel like that was like, I, um, I don't know the way that that was handled to me. I feel like just felt so real. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of, I just feel like all the ups and downs. And I feel like the, I mean, like, the downs are so ridiculous, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, operated on Derek, like, while, like, Meredith was, like, like at gunpoint during, like, a hospital shooting. <laughs> like, while Meredith is miscarrying. Yeah. Yes. 
just like the absurdity of like everything that they've been tested but like their relationship is still like you know I don't have to hear from you but like I know you and you're my person yeah and they they implicitly know each other they don't there are a lot of like friendship tropes right that you see in film and television I don't think that they have those friendship tropes like they just they feel like well-lived characters that are just trying to like love each other um even through all the horrible shit like I remember and we may talk about this we may not that moment where Meredith sort of she's in the ocean and she just gives up even though she can swim Mm -hmm. like the way that she and Christina kind of deal with that with each other without like this, I don't know, this kind of judgment or like everything will be okay. Like they both know that shit is not okay. Like it might not get better. It might, it might get better. It's dark and twisty. It's dark and twisty. I love the dark and twisty motif. I do. I do. Cause at the time when this debuted, I was very dark and twisty, so I can relate to that a lot. I'm still dark and twisty, shit. (laughs) (laughs) We've been dark and twisty this whole time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and just the way they kind of push each other without sort of judging each other. Um, The way Meredith was here for Christine was there for Christina when she was going through all that shit with Burke, which we will get to. Um, <laughs> that was rough. It was yeah. just rough. Yeah. That was like, yeah, no, I, I think that like, I was thinking about um, not about Burke, but like how Meredith just sort of like stays quiet and like is there for, um, is there for Yang when she's dealing with like the trauma of the shooting and she marries Owen. Yeah. Like, and like everybody knows it's like a terrible choice. Like everybody knows she's making the wrong choice and like becomes more and more clear how poor of a choice that she's made. And like Meredith is just there for her through it. Yeah. And like, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like obviously you know like there's so many things about like the show that like are completely wildly unrealistic and like you know really embarrassing to try to explain to people who've never seen the show before but like at the same time like the way that they like that to me is like you know when you're friends with somebody who you know you you have so many friendships and like you know you don't always agree with the choices that your friends are making but you can't force people to make choices and when you try to it just pushes them away and like I don't know I just feel like Grey's Anatomy has like taught me and like taught me lessons about like how to be in friendship and like I don't know if it's like corny or whatever but also like reinforce things that like I know to be true right um because of like I mean like not because of like how it plays out in the show because like obviously but I don't know, it just like, it just resonates. Like it really resonates. Yeah. Like the things that they have to go through together. It um, does. And like when like Yang is pregnant and like Meredith is trying to get pregnant, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and just like all of that stuff, like all the stuff about like pregnancy and like abortion and like mm-hmm. 
all of that. I just like all that stuff that they have to go through together. Yeah. I also love that Yang, during several pivotal moments, kind of had to yank Meredith out of this kind of fog and remind her that, you know, your life does not revolve around these miscellaneous men. Like, Mm -hmm. you are the sun. You are the sun. Like, you need a friend who can do that for you, right? Like, who can remind you what your shit is about Mm -hmm. when you forget. Because Meredith forgot a lot, (laughs) I think. Um, Yeah. And still listen to you, right? Like, it's still, like, listen to you. Like, okay, if you want to talk about this man for, like, forever and a day like yeah I'm here for it but also like I'm not here for you forgetting yourself exactly. but she like waits she like I feel like she doesn't like you know she doesn't she's not like always like on Meredith's ass like you're doing too much like it's like a she chooses her time and place and she's like never forget that you were the son yep yep I also like that Christine Yang is, is a woman of color uh, and she wasn't relegated and probably because this was written by a black woman, she wasn't relegated to like, you know, the best friend trope. Like she wasn't there to support Meredith and her, her white choices or whatever. Like she had her li- a life of her own, this whole developed interior life. And the thing that I also liked about their dynamic is she was clearly the stronger one and she really just did whatever the fuck she wanted, like for the most part. Meredith never really swayed her in any direction, Um, but she was there to kind of like, you know, to bear witness to Meredith's stuff. uh, And also, you know, when she decided to listen to Meredith, she did. And I liked that too. I liked that dynamic that she was clearly the stronger one. Like she was the rock star in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like she has all of the talent, like the inherent talent. Yeah. Um, and she like knows it and she's so confident yeah um she never apologized for it ever yeah and I feel like there's like there's some places except with Burke but we'll get to it yeah no for real (laughs) (laughs) she I feel like there's I really enjoyed seeing like um seeing like an Asian woman character who like, you know, they sort of like, they take these stereotypes, right. Of like high achieving, like highly motivated, like, uh, like these stereotypes of like how Asian people are portrayed as being like, you know, like really focused on career, like highly motivated, like, you know, like very like talented at like in fields like medicine for one. Right. But then like, but Christina's like her own character. Mm-hmm. Like Christina's like m- way more than any of like these stereotypes. Like she doesn't fall into any of those stereotypes because she's so deeply herself. And they like managed to do that like even from the very beginning. Yeah. Like. She's like, she's, she's someone who grew up with a learning disability that had to like work 10 times as hard through all of that. Um, Wait, did she? I can't, I don't remember that. Yeah. What was her learning disability? Well, she had dyslexia. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't remember that at all. Damn. It, it was mentioned. Someone did like a background on her or something or pulled it out or whatever, but yeah. Um, 
yeah, she just she's a phenomenal character. I don't know if we'll ever see another character like that again. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like, I feel like like she's just an amazing actress. Like, I think Killing Eve, like her hair, like Eve and Killing Eve, like she's 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 doing it again it's just a different character but like all of that depth like all of that like richness and like humor and like I don't know she's just like she's incredible I love her so much and she's like she's Jewish in the show which I find hilarious (laughs) I'll say the only time I I mean like mm, there are times I didn't like Yang but like I'll say the time that I least like Yang's character though was that episode where um bailey has to treat the nazi Mm. and like do you remember that i don't i don't where it's like a like this guy's like he's like a paramedic and um he's like one of the paramedics that's like reoccurred on the show like a few times like as a paramedic and like obviously sorry like um he why do i remember things like this but like the the his partner has like a seizure at the wheel and the ambulance like crashes into the ambulance bay and I think like hits somebody else and he like has like internal bleeding and he doesn't want anybody to touch him um but it becomes clear he actually just doesn't he only wants a white person to touch him um Bailey is like having like Bailey's still with Tuck this is like pretty early on Bailey's still with Tuck like they're supposed to have like lunch or something and she keeps on putting him off and then she realizes that like um Bailey like in her like you know she's just like I don't know she's like you can die or you can let me inspect you but like I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna do this with you um and so she like pulls up his shirt and he has like a big swastika on his belly um so she like decides that she's gonna like rise above um and like treat him and so she calls um O'Malley and then she calls Yang and then like at the end when they were like done treating she calls Yang out of like a big surgery that she like tried really hard to get into and then like Yang like dresses her down and it's like you know uh like I'm not mad that she like called me out of surgery I'm like mad that she like called me out of surgery because of the color of my skin or whatever and I was like like (laughs) just like cry me a river again But it's, like, one of the only times that, like, she, like, mentions race at all. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, to Bailey in that moment under those circumstances. And I just, like, rolled my eyes so hard. Do you think it's weird that Chris Yang didn't ever really mention race? Mm. I mean, I think that, like, the show doesn't mention race like in a big way like only like does when it's like really doing it and like has only started to do so like in the most recent seasons like I feel like what Shonda was trying to do with like the colorblind casting was to like create these spaces for like black characters to exist but it had to be like predicated on this like you know I feel like I don't see color yeah like I feel like it comes up right like there's like like it's like snuck into jokes like Mm-hmm. Bailey being called the Nazi mm-hmm. like I think that like it's definitely like it becomes a part of the storylines but it's not like an explicit part I feel like it's something that it's so like it's something that is only clear to 
black viewers i feel like i remember a throwaway line with jackson avery and i meant i noticed that neither one of us really mentioned jackson which is interesting um but like early on when he was first introduced he says something about like how he's pretty and he doesn't look like the rest of his family and like i as a black person kind of understood what he was saying but i don't think that that line read the same to non-black people yeah so (laughs) no totally like there's like i was thinking about um the scene when the scene like that episode when Bailey treats like her high school crush mm-hmm. who's just like using her like he always used like I guess like when they were kids he always used to use her to like do his homework yeah. um and then he like comes to the hospital and he's just like has her like filling out paperwork even though she's like chief resident and she's like starts venting after the experience to Derek and Derek tries to be like I was nerdy and like just like the look that she gives him is just like you know like it's something that would be like illegible mostly to like a white viewership I think but like yeah. like I was watching it I was just like shut the fuck up there <laughs> like he throws a fucking chair at you <laughs> like just let the woman vent <laughs> like <laughs> stop trying to relate you can't <laughs> well I guess that's a good seg to talk about Miranda Bailey mm-hmm. let's talk about it Sean Wilson, yes. I'm not even setting an alarm. (laughs) This is what I'm here for, to talk about Bailey, my queen, my everything. I will admit that our introduction to Bailey and her nickname at first was a little chafing and annoyed me a little bit. But Bailey in her wonderfulness, um, I overlooked that um, and I came to love her. I loved how she talked down to these stupid ass white kids, um, including like, you know, Derek and them. Um, and how, I don't know, she just came, she's at, there was a certain point, like in the early, earlier seasons, she seemed like the only real adult on the show, honestly. <laughs> like she, yes. seemed, she seemed like the only one operating with a full deck. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that because you kind of need that grounding character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how like, I think it was, we're, it must have been at least half a season, if not more, where like Shonda slid in that this woman had her whole, a whole other life with a husband um, that took her out on dates and loved her. And like, she, and I like that she looks like, you know, just a regular schmegular black woman. Like, she's not like exotified. She doesn't look like, you know, like, I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Um, and she's just this, like, you know, she's just this black woman in this, working in this very competitive, um, field, kicking ass and living her life and just being amazing. Um, which I see in your, when we discuss themes, we're going to talk about that and some of the problems with that, but I enjoyed watching it as a mid 20 something year old black woman who had no idea what the fuck she was doing with her life at the time. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> um, but yeah. I just like, I love her. I love how she's loved um, and like how she like knows what she deserves Yeah. in terms of love, like how she comes. Like, I think that like, you know, when I first started watching it, like, yes, I enjoyed the, like her constantly dressing down like these like white kids. Um, 
and just being like such a bad bitch. Um, and like, I just wanted her to have, like, you know, like I loved that she like also had like a family. Um, and she had this like fine ass husband. And then like, you know, like when her relationship with Tuck starts to dissolve, Mm-hmm. Um, I think that like I started to connect to her character more. Hmm. Um, I just like the the ways that she's like unwilling to accept these like compromises. Like, you know, she thinks that she has to, but she realizes that like it's actually he needs to be more supportive of her. Yeah. Um, and she shouldn't be asked to like give these things up. Yeah. But she does. Like, she still has to, like, make these sacrifices. Um, I don't know. It's just, like, yeah, I think that, like, we see, like, not, like, the cracks in her, I mean, like, yes, the cracks in her vulnerability, but, like, it's not like I, like, want her to, like, experience pain as a character because I love her. But, like, all of these, like, very, like, human things that I think especially Black women have to deal with like where we're like asked to like take on everything and give everything up at the same time mm-hmm. um and like how she like really refuses to do that um in her relationship with tuck in particular mm-hmm. um and then like is still loved right like even when like her dad comes and visits her and is like mad and is like upset that she didn't tell him that she was getting divorced he like forgives her because he like loves her more than that and I just like I feel like she's she's like so deeply loved like over the course of the show like and then like her finding love even with that like you know the little like the light-skinned nurse I remember the fling before Ben the pre-Ben fling and then Ben you know or Ben and then the pre-Ben fling and then Ben again and then the Ben and then the fling again when Mm -hmm. she and then back to Ben <laughs> yeah like she's totally like she's like desirable because she is right it's just like the like the vocabulary of like desirability that like television functions on like doesn't include people that look like Chandra Wilson but like she is in fact like a gorgeous desirable woman yeah um and like and she's treated as such, right? Like, I think that, like, but not by the main characters, right? Like, the main right. characters, I think, like, operate on this, like, you know, like, when when she and Ben are, like, getting it in, like, when he's, like, on his breaks or whatever from the firehouse, everybody starts calling her Booty Call Bailey because, like, of course, like, you know, she's the only person who hasn't been fucking in the on-call rooms. And yet, like, the second that she starts to... <laughs> like she loses everybody's respect right because she's like happy so like I feel like to me the fact that like there are these two there are these two things happening at the same time right like there's like the these like overarching like things that she has to face and then like yeah and and that but then like her actual life and like these these like facts that we see about her yeah um I guess I don't know I don't know if that makes sense no it does it does um and I like that through this 17 year arc um we see more and more these attempts to kind of like humanize her um more time has been given to her character um especially with like 
currently with like her relationship with Ben, um, the OCD, the relationship with her son, who's now a teenager and ha like ha raising a black teenager um, today and what that is. Um, it's just been really nice to kind of watch her. She has a functional life. She's the only one on the show who has a functional life. Um, so it's nice to see a black woman kind of getting that kind of love where no yeah. one else is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, exactly. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking about like, there's this like one scene where like Callie is like trying to get a promotion or whatever. And like, I forget what Bailey's just been through. I, it might be like the shooting or it mm -hmm. like might be something going on with Tuck, but like, she's like having a really rough time of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Torres like gets into the elevator and just like bursts into tears and like Miranda's just like standing in front of her like stone-faced and like I don't know I just to me that's like one of my favorite mm -hmm. scenes because it's just like I was like I feel that like so many times where you know like non-black people just particularly non-black women around you are just like having these meltdowns and you're just like you can't for whatever reason you can't you know yeah and like yeah I don't know yeah I don't remember that scene but but yeah that's pretty good I've been um watching this youtuber um I shared this with you Khadija Bo um she's amazing yes and she talks about display rules um like the emotions that people are allowed to display in public based on the body that they're in. So I think about that a lot with black women and like um, how we're not allowed to cry, how we're not allowed to show vulnerability um, because of these kind of stereotypes that we live in. Um, and I like that Miranda Bailey has kind of been on both sides of that, right? Like in the, in the beginning, she kind of adhered to all of those display rules, but like over the last few years, um, she's been kind of like coming into her own in terms of like who she is and the life that she lives and the choices that she's making. And she's just like been humanized to like the nth degree more and more with each season. Um, so yeah, I just, I really enjoy Miranda Bailey. I don't know, honestly, if I would have continued to watch this show if Miranda Bailey had not been on it. That part. Yeah. Like 100%, I would not watch the show without Bailey. Yeah. Like I almost stopped watching the show so many times if it wasn't for Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah, there are all those layers like underneath her superwomanness and she knows that that's how people treat her too that's what I like about it like she knows that that's what she's dealing with like and she reacts to it like especially like later on like she starts to react to it like she tells Richard like you let me down mm -hmm. you know like her relationship with Richard especially like mm -hmm. she knows that like he expects too much from her like expects an unreasonable amount yeah. and expects her to take an unreasonable amount of shit um yeah I don't know like I just really and like you know I think we'll talk about it but yeah like with the OCD you know like they all they all stab her in the back they do they do 
but at the same but at the same time like it's like they stab her in the back but she knows like she knows that that relationship that the relation that these relationships are conditional and that like ultimately she has to like heal herself yeah you know um and yeah like it's literally white noise like yes and i yeah that's a good point that's i think that's another thing i really enjoy about her character like there's this undercurrent running where she has this complete self-awareness that she has to compartmentalize the relationships at the hospital because of who she is. And I think most black people understand that life, like your work life is different from your home life because of the body that you're in, that you can never fully hundred percent go in for these people because they will never hundred percent have your back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of running through a Miranda Bailey in some ways. And maybe I'm just projecting. I've always kind of considered Miranda Bailey kind of an avatar for Shonda Rhimes and how she mm. views professional life. Mm. Um, and I've always kind of looked at her like that. Mm. I had never thought of that. That's really interesting. Thank you for that. I wonder, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about Richard. Richard Weber, MD. Yep. He's so annoying. I like, I love him, but I'm just like, Richard, shut up. Like, what is wrong with you? My feelings for him have been so complicated over the years because I go back and forth between hating him and loving him. Like, seriously, it's just that up and down with him. It's mostly just like for me, Mm -hmm. I go up and down between hating him and being moderately less (laughs) him. Like, I'm just like, how are you going to be, how, how are you going to be so blessed, right? To have in your life, Loretta Devine, Mm -hmm. Jasmine Guy, and Debbie Allen, and still be such a fucking schmuck. Like, what is, I can't, I can't, and still be such a self-involved piece of turd. No, you can say he's a piece of shit. Richard Weber at his core is a fuckboy. He is. Literally, he's a fuckboy. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Fucking fuckboy. So I guess we got to start with him and Ellis Gray, I guess, because that's where this whole mess starts. Yeah, I mean, he did it to himself, honestly. I was like, you should have known. Like, I'm never going to be able to let go of the fact that he was... I don't know, I just... He, the only reason he chose Adele over Ellis is because Ellis was fucking better than him and he couldn't get over that. But otherwise he would have willingly left Adele. And that's, that's the whole starting point right there. Literally. I appreciate his struggles. Um, I guess. (laughs) I don't think this this part is going to be very long. <laughs> I've said what I needed to say. What I needed to say was, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. And I just, honestly, I don't, I don't know if I've ever been fully satisfied with any conversation he's had with Meredith about her mother. Like, I don't feel that that's been resolved. Maybe Meredith resolved it because she had to, but I don't think that he atoned for it 
in any satisfying way for her. Yeah. I remember the one scene when Meredith brought her mother's ashes in and she was going to pour them down the sink and Meredith joined his hand with, and, and Richard, Richard joined his hand with Meredith as she was pouring down the ashes. And I remember thinking, get your fucking hand out of there. What, why are you here? What are you doing? And I'm just, I'm still angry about that scene. Like, <sighs> I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I have very complicated feelings about Richard. I yeah, do. he's just like, I mean, he feels so real, honestly, because of how insufferable he is. Yeah. Like, my issues aren't with him as a character. It's more just like of the, you know, like the person that he is and all of the, all of the people that he is. Yeah. I think, because like all the choices that he makes, I'm like, that tracks, yeah. you know, like every time he refuses to take responsibility for his actions, tracks. Like, I, I just, like, I feel like I resent him, honestly. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I do recognize that there have been moments where he has shown a great deal of care and love to Miranda Bailey. And I do appreciate those moments. But as a husband, um... In quotation marks. Um, as a would-be father figure, I've just, I've got so many questions that he refuses mm-hmm. to answer. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that Maggie has, you know, real parents. Me too. Maggie got the better end of the deal on that one. Mm-hmm, Truly. That's all I have to say about Richard. Yeah, I feel like that's it for me too. I'm like. (laughs) Oh, I will add to the fact that I hate the way that he treats Jackson's mother. I, he treats her like shit and she puts up with it. And I don't understand why, why? Yeah, like, I also don't understand why. I'm just like, she literally could just be having fun with Tom Parasic. Who would treat her like a queen. Like, and what? that's what—that's actually what I want, is for Karasik to, like, leave Teddy alone. Yeah. And oh. for... Why am I, like, blanking on her name in the show for Debbie Allen's character? What's, Me what's too! I can't remember. Hold on. Um, I just want Karasik to get something good going on in his life for a change. I love him. Me too. I just Catherine Fox. Catherine Fox. Catherine. I just want Catherine Fox to like leave. Yeah, he's so he's so bad to her. He's so bad to her. Like, and he's like so bad to her, like when she's trying to be kind about Adele. Like she just like has this like level of emotional intelligence that like I feel like it almost like mirrors she's like a foil for Ellis yeah because like she's a woman who's like managed to become like wildly successful um and like well known and gotten all this like power and like money and like regard in her career um and makes like such such extraordinarily different choices and like continually, but like continually is like compromising herself for Richard. 
right but like almost like she has it's like I think she's almost like the most superwoman character like even more so than Bailey yeah because she has like it seems like she has these like endless reserves left to give like she like gives all of this to like Richard she gives all this to Jackson and she just like gives like even with um Harper Avery like she just like has clearly been taking his shit for so long and like still has this like center yeah and like to me it's so hard I like I'm just like I don't understand I don't know why I don't like I mean I know why but I just I don't yeah yeah her character is I think her character you're you're right her character is more of a superwoman trope than Miranda um and to compound it with this very toxic relationship that she has with Richard it just makes me sad for her yeah pretty much all the time truly and I don't think Jackson is that great a son either for her like he's kind of an asshole he's such a dick he is very much so he wants to go camping in the woods whatever dude yeah i'm like breaking up with maggie because she doesn't want to go camping with you i take this very personally as someone who hates camping i also do not enjoy the camping why do i pay rent in a house to go and sleep outside (laughs) yeah these are my questions why did i buy a bed to sleep on the dirt ground outside is this a conversation we need to be having about your kind of projections of manifest destiny? Literally. I'm sorry if I've offended campers, but I'm maybe not. it's maybe we're not ready for that conversation. I get that. That's fine. But but why? Portland's not ready for me. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, it's like like I mean the the I think the best is like when there's isn't there there's like a really recent episode where um like they're treating a houseless man Mm -hmm. and like jackson was like about to go camping or something and just like gives the guy everything in his car and like the guy just kind of looks at him like he's like thank you but like you just had all this stuff in your car yeah yeah and like that's kind of how i feel about it yeah is how we all feel about Jackson at that moment. Accurate, accurate. I, Jackson, yeah, we're not going to get to Jackson. To he, be like, I feel like he had so much potential to be good. And right. then he just tanked. Like Jackson feels like a missed opportunity. Yeah, I think it was like the Kepner thing. I just like didn't get it. I didn't get it. Like, I mean, theoretically, I get it because they've both been through so much shit. And they've been like they've been each other's day ones since day one through all of this. But I don't I feel like that, that kind of chemistry, that physical thing was manifested, but spoiler alert coming in three, two, one, Kepner's coming back. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God, your face. (laughs) uh, Honestly, I feel like what I love about Grace Anatomy is Grace Anatomy like really is like, this is what happens when you, when you fuck with white women honestly like that's what happened to Richard that's what happened to Jackson like I'm just like make your choices but then see what happens and like more so than that this is what happens when you like value white women more than you value the black women in your life Mm -hmm. Mm 
like it's like date white women if you want but like you know don't treat black women like shit yeah just because you don't want to date them or whatever yeah which is like not quite the case for jackson but like it feels like it kind of is like it feels like he has all of this grace for kepner but then like where is it for men but then he like dump he like he like manages to stick it out with kepner through like you know this like terrible miscarriage like through like all of this shit until like it finally dissolves but like he dumps maggie she doesn't like camping yeah and she like and he like dumps Vic because like she is like you know she doesn't know how to communicate properly he had a whole last relationship with stephanie and decided that he yeah exactly and stephanie yeah Mm, not looking good for jackson yeah it's just like okay It's like, I thought your father wasn't around to teach you these, like, extraordinarily bad habits. Who'd you learn them from? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about Richard, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, you'll follow Ellis to, like, the ends of the earth. Well, I mean, he didn't, though. No, he doesn't. But he kind of <laughs> does at the end. I mean, like, when, you know, like, at the end of her life, he, like, goes to see her a lot. That's true. That's true. Like, he's there to see her more than Meredith is yeah i mean richard richard had had to while he was watching ellis gray deteriorate he was also dealing with adele's deteriorating health at the same time which is an interesting thing to think about i don't know yeah you you would think that would make him understand how precious life is and maybe not treat his partners like shit but no Mm -hmm. still treating Catherine like shit right he can't even help not resenting adele for like having dementia and finding romance with like somebody in like the nursing home that he's put her in like he can't even help like he stops visiting her after that and then she comes in yeah and then she comes in and she has this thing like she has like um she she had she dies of something that he might have been able to notice if he had come to see her more i just richard is the character i want to like but i can't i just can't like him i can't and my refrain, I guess so. <laughs> I guess. I stopped wanting to like him pretty early. I was just like, he can stay on that bench outside having his feelings, honestly. I think I'm starting to give up on that. I was still yeah. holding out a candle for it, but I think I'm done. Don't burn your hand. Well, that that's let's say um, into our talk of Burke, <laughs> Preston Burke, uh, gone but not forgotten. Someone similar, I guess so. <laughs> but I think Preston Burke was much more openly toxic and emotionally mm-hmm. abusive back before we really even had vocabulary for that. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't think in 2006, 2007, people recognized how toxic that relationship is. If you watch it now in 2021, it looks very different. Yeah. I mean, I'm rewatching ER right now and it's like, it's making me think so much because I'm watching it from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, Like uh, Eric LaSalle's character, Mm -hmm. um, Benson, Peter Benson, Mm -hmm. is like, I feel like he's so much like Burke in those ways um let's, let's talk about this character trope then like the kind of like 
respectable, um, like wildly successful, um, performative, um, super intelligent, sort of like robot machine, right? That's mm -hmm. what Carson Burke is. Yeah, it's like a meme of Joe Morton in Scandal yelling, twice as hard. <laughs> twice as hard were a meme. Yes. <laughs> so Preston Burke goes and falls in love with one Christina Yang mm -hmm. who basically brings it tit for tat the entire way mm -hmm. um, their whole relationship was just painful to watch like from the very beginning like, even in the beginning, they couldn't even have regular dates because they were so, like, focused on, like, work. And they just mm -hmm. got more excited about work than being on a date, I guess. Which, you know, that's cool. Um, but then, like, the stuff with, like, Burke's arm and then Christina performing for him and not saying anything. And then the whole, like the whole arc where he just wasn't talking to her. My yeah. God. When he was like recovering and she was trying to figure out if he still has tremor, like yeah. the whole fact that he couldn't forgive her for like, what? I was like, what is he mad about? Like, what is he upset about? I just like, it was so manipulative and abusive. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know. It made me think about like the kinds of expectations that we have for how relationships are supposed to look and like how we could be so much, how so many different, how like accepting that there are so many different kinds of relationships could like allow people to have more of what they need and feel less expectations. Cause it's like clear, like, I feel like their relationship works when they just like are both super passionate about their work and they're just like fucking and like having good sex and then just like working together. Yeah. But like, it's like all this other shit, like the having to like move in together and like move your lives to the same way. And like one person's messy and like one person's clean and like one person wants to get married and one person doesn't. But like, I don't think that Burke even really wants to get married. He just wants to have a family because yeah. he wants to just have that thing because it's like part of the like functional, perfect, like human surgeon person that he like understands himself as like being supposed to be yeah having to perform but if he was freed up from that like is that what he would want like that's it's like well when we see when we meet up with Burke 15 years later that's what he has right I know and it just feels so like medium to me like that honestly like that reprisal to me was one of the like I was just like wasn't feeling it I just like it didn't like I I was like you know like he's like he's like married and she like wanted to be she wanted to give up her career for to raise the kids or whatever and now he's like making this compromise for her and I was like I guess but like what personal work has he done like it just seemed kind of like to me it just seemed unrealistic I guess like it seems like they had to wrap up her storyline with Burke but like nobody wanted to deal with Isaiah Washington so they just tried to make it as quick and dirty as possible am I wrong no I mean I do feel that it's very realistic that someone like that would not do the work and would just go after the things they want without examining why they want why they want them and just live out their lives like that that to me felt real yeah 
yeah no yeah exactly like I agree with that I because you know you don't know what his relationship with his wife looks like like there's the implicate like he says they're happy but like is she just somebody who like you know is she somebody who enjoys that I don't know people people like all kinds of relationships but Mm -hmm. you know some people want like a man to tell you what to eat for dinner and shit I don't know I guess couldn't be me but it was a black woman (laughs) and we'll put that out there (laughs) I don't know if that means anything probably not (laughs) do you remember what he said about how like he wasn't he wasn't inviting he wasn't inviting her to be with her because he would be just he would just be chasing her the entire time Mm -hmm. what did you think about that yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like, I think, I think it's like, to me, it makes sense. I'm just like, Yang's intoxicating. Like, he had to, I think, but it's also like, you know, like, abusers are always, like, he didn't deal with his abusiveness. Like, oh. he'd be chasing her, but he's, but by chasing, he means trying to control her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and basically, and trying to abuse her, you know? Yeah. Like, trying think- to change her. What do you think of, like, the fact that she she took this job that essentially took her away from Seattle and her people um, from someone who had abused her, like you know. I think for for me, like my understanding is that like you know, like Yang doesn't understand it like that. True. Like I think that she understands it in terms of like the compromises that she makes for other people. And like she and like she says she says it too. She's just like she says it to Owen, like even though she ends up reproducing the same patterns with Owen, mm-hmm. like that she like gave up pieces of herself for Burke, and she's like never she doesn't want to give up those pieces of herself again. So I don't think that she like I don't think she sees it that way for herself as like Burke is like doing this thing to her, but her as like having let this thing be done to her. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I don't know. But I think that there's this like piece about Burke's excellence too, like Burke's excellence as a surgeon that like, that like, I think I can see how that connection would hold some sort of value outside of like the, the tire fire that their relationship was. Yeah. That he remains, even if he is like this, like, you know, unapologetic like trash fire like he is this like he does have this like brilliance and this like access Mm -hmm. um and this understanding that like she doesn't have with Owen true true um and that she can't that she's struggling that she continues to struggle to find even after Burke leaves like she like only finds it for a minute with like everybody right like she takes so long to like Han takes so long to warm up to her and then uh like there's and then Teddy's like you know her thing with Teddy is so complicated but she's like never able to like grow in the same way that she was able to grow with Berg true and to me I'm just like that's like I wonder what their relationship would look like if like if like we didn't have these like standards for like how relationships are supposed to look and they could just be two people who like have good sex together and also really like to work together and it could just be that yeah because in the beginning their relationship was fun 
It was fun to watch. It was fun to like kind of look at, um, be a part of. It was just dancing and them like talking shit at each other. And that was Mm -hmm. hilarious. And then somehow it just got heavier and sadder Mm -hmm. and toxic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so toxic because they both are trying to force each other into things that they don't really want. Yeah. Yeah. Like each other and themselves. Can I, let me ask you this about Burke. And maybe this is, this is more something that the actor Isaiah Washington injected into this character. But for me, I always felt this undercurrent or this critique of black excellence in that character. Mm-hmm. Um, it was ne- never explicitly like talked about, but to me, I felt it like, this is the kind of like this, you give up a certain kind of your, a certain part of your humanity to be on this level. Like that's kind of how I read his character. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? I feel like it's like, to me, and this is something that, I mean, I'm not going to talk about ER too much because that's not what this is about. But like, I was thinking, I literally just watched the episode where Omar Epps' character kills himself. Oh shit. Like because, of, because Ben's pushing him so hard like in part and I was just like I was thinking about that like the black excellence piece but it's like I think to me like it's like to me what I see when I look at Burke and like I think about black excellence is like how his internal he's so cruel to himself Mm -hmm. like he's so self-denying like he allows himself so little happiness and so little like grace and like rest and like his like really his like internal dialogue like that's how he treats other people yeah like so he has this like narrative that he pushes on himself and he's like so hard on himself and he's so hard on other people and he has like he has because he doesn't have it to give you know like or he like he tells himself he's not allowed to have those things I guess it's like how I read that and I feel like that's like that's like what excellence does to people Mm-hmm. like that's what like pushing this like expectation of black excellence like it doesn't you know it doesn't give people room to fail like it doesn't give people room to like not be good at something and to have that be okay yeah. like it's just like it's it's a different way of dehumanizing a person and he's like doing and he's like like it's been done to him by like white supremacy like as a whole and he's like enacting it on himself like it's very it's like a very specific kind of like internalized anti-blackness yeah yeah definitely I just remember like watching Burke on screen like what in its original airing I always had this feeling of unease whenever he came on like this like he projected this discomfort all the time like it like I always yeah. felt tension with that character. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's like he never, it's so hard for him to have fun. Like I just like I love that scene with like him and Christina, where mm-hmm. she's like brushing her teeth and like dancing. Yes. And then I, like he starts dancing too, and he's like, um, he's such a bad dancer. It's terrible. <laughs> and it's just like so cute and like goofy. And like I think that like that's like, you know it's like clear that like that's something that he like doesn't allow himself you know mm-hmm. like even when he's like relaxing with like um like when George is his guy mm-hmm. and like they're doing socializing stuff together like it's like so stiff and like so dirty which is like fine too but I guess like I feel like he yeah he's like 
um, Isaiah Washington like does like a really good job of like showing that like there's this like there's this he has like all these like silly parts of himself yeah he does yeah like he's just kind of like I don't know he like likes jazz and like you know like I don't know I just like but he's just like so hard on himself all the time you know yeah yeah and like I think that that can that can poison you like you think that it's like pushing you to be better but like it's poisoning you too because like no one's looking out for him right like everybody benefits from him like pushing himself to the brink and never letting him have any fun true true i don't even remember him having any like deeply emotional co- connections with like derek or miranda or richard like really mm-hmm. it was all very professional with him for the yeah moment. like he like him and greg him and not greg um him and um george mm-hmm are like close for a second and I also remember like I think there's this other scene when his hand is hurt and he's like still trying to hide it mm-hmm. and he like kicks Bailey off of one of his surgeries yeah. so, so that Yang can assist him ah. and Bailey takes it personally because I think she, it's when she's being like slow tracked back from coming back from um, maternity leave oh, okay and she tries to talk to him about it and he basically is just like I threw you under the bus. Like, I don't care. Like, I you weren't necessary on the surgery. I wanted Yang instead. And like, it's like so deeply hurtful to her. And I feel like to me, it was like another, like, you know, like he has this opportunity to have this like particular kind of relationship with Bailey because they are, you know, like in somewhat similar positions, but like, it does a really good job of like, the show does a really good job of showing how like these like racialized like narratives around like these racialized like capitalist narratives yeah like around like performance like are very gendered yeah and this power differential still exists and that's just that that's can we just give it up for Shonda one more time for that because she does a really good job of showing and not telling all of those dynamics at play. Mm-hmm. Like, even though the show doesn't ever explicitly mention race and gender, um, in all of the interactions with the characters, you can see it. It's the undercurrent that's always running. And I just think that's just really brilliantly done. Like, yeah. has been for years. Mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, Shonda. Yeah. How did we get from there to Bridgerton? But I digress. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right, next up, Derek, I guess. Let's I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess. On another edition of I guess. All right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself and embarrass myself and just say that as a child who grew up in the 80s, okay, when Derek appeared, I was captivated by him at first because you know what was it melanie was it the hair it was the hair it was definitely the hair (laughs) that disney prince hair of his (laughs) (laughs) and you know his kind of whole laid back you know doe-eyed i'm all in love with you so i'm gonna flirt shamelessly and inappropriately in the workplace thing i'm just a girl in a bar Um, over time, however, 
I started to notice that Derek was kind of an asshole. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get into it. Oh my God. It just makes me so tired. Like, I think thinking about like, I, it couldn't be me is how I feel about it. It literally couldn't be me. I was just like, I don't understand how good in bed this man is to make this worth it. Like maybe it's about me, but I'm just like, what is he doing to make all of this worth it? I just don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I understand why Sloane was more appealing for Addison. I think we all do. I mean, also Addison isn't on our list, but I fucking love Addison. I noticed you should, should we add Addison to the list? Yeah. Okay. Are we going to get through all the characters? No. (laughs) I feel like we should at least try to get through all the characters so that, so then next episode we can talk about the arcs. Okay. 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 Um, yeah, Derek, I just, at a certain point, he was just, he was only there to be the love interest as far mm-hmm. as I'm, there was never any, okay, I take that back. There was some depth explored with him when you got into like his family and Amelia and what happened with their dad. And I thought that was interesting. But other than that, Derek was kind of a judgmental asshole who made Meredith feel bad for being, for dealing with trauma. Literally. Remember that whole arc when she like tried to kill herself and he said he couldn't date her because of that? Like what? Literally. What? Literally. Well, it's like, it's like, bro, like you are dating like somebody who's like, how old is she supposed to be? Like 23? 23 24 when they first start yeah yeah and he's like he's like already like an attending so he's like how many years older than her gotta be at least in his early 30s yeah so i'm just like you're dating you're in your early 30s like i can't imagine dating i don't want to date a 23 year old it's not appealing to me i think about where i was at 23 i was a fucking mess why you go like i don't understand like what are his expectations like his expectations for her are so unrealistic Mm mm-hmm like, you just need to gently, like, I don't understand. Like, it's just, like, get her into therapy and accept the fact that you're dating somebody who's at a completely different point in their life than you. Like, what do you want? Like, if you want someone who has all of the skills to deal with that, to, to deal with this kind of stuff, like, date someone your own age, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Like... I don't know. I just don't have it for him. I don't have it for him, honestly. Clearly, that didn't work out for him, given the state of his marriage. Which, by the way, can we return to that? How he went a whole fucking season chasing Meredith around without mentioning once that he was still fucking married? Literally. Like, I... Like, how? Literally. Like, I only like him because Meredith likes him. Yeah at the end of it like when he died I was just like this is really sad because Meredith's really sad yes I was like honestly their stuff with like their marriage like I'm just like it was a plot line (laughs) I will say this the proposal we'll talk about this the proposal and the post-it marriage I thought that was lovely I thought it was cute too I like the post-it um, and the way that he proposed by, sh- like, 
roping off that plot of land and explaining how the house would be built. That was yeah, beautiful. that was cute. Yeah, no, I liked that too. But I Derek himself it. was on some fuck shit at any given moment, and I was always tired with him. Yeah, he's just so mean to her. Like he was just so like he just wanted her to like have it all the way together. Like he wasn't there for like the process. Remember when he literally called her a whore? Like remember that part when she slept with George? while he was still in a whole ass marriage that he hadn't told her about calling her single ass a whore honestly to me i'm just like the way that that whole i can barely watch like that plot line now Uh because i'm just like it pisses me off so much that like nobody like 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 george took advantage of her he did but like George really took advantage guy. of her. I feel like it really walks an assault line, to be honest. There's some blurred consent stuff happening there that makes me uncomfortable. Like, to me, to be mad at somebody for, like, crying and, like, being sad about somebody else, like, it's just, like, you shouldn't have... He, nev- he knew all of this. He was lying to himself, but he was also lying to himself on her body. Yeah. And it makes me so angry that, like, she never gets that validation in the show. And she's, like, asked to apologize for it. Derek calls her a whore. Like, it's just, like, so fucked up. It's all so fucked up. Like, I'm so glad that we're not talking about George because I fucking hate George. No, we're not going to talk about George because... But, like, that whole whole thing, I was just, like, I was, like, he is really, like, really walking the line Mm -hmm. there. And I really felt like I it just really made me angry that like everybody was asking Meredith to apologize when I was just like everyone was pissed at her like they weren't two adults in that situation. Yeah. Well, he's like he's just like he's like the nice guy like the the nice guy like assaulter like you just think that women are like you know you put enough like coins of like listening to their troubles and like being nice to them and like hang out with them platonically that like eventually they like owe you sex. Mm-hmm like it's just so disgusting and like the fact and it was just like I think that like Meredith goes through a lot of things that are like really legitimate things like when they you know like all the stuff with like Zola and the stuff with her mom and like Derek is really only willing to hold like such a limited amount of space for her and all of his like I don't know. I think that like later on in their marriage, their marriage becomes like slightly less annoying because their negotiations feel like more like real adult negotiations of like boundaries and careers that I'm just like, even though I don't like this, like, I think that these are conversations that happen. Yeah. um, And it's nice to see that. But like a lot of it is like uh, in their early relationship is like him just being like a patronizing asshole. Yeah. That's a really good point. I will say that it was a really well-written arc of like from the start of their relationship to like what happens after you're happily ever after like and you're right because like in those last years it did feel like an adult relationship where they were talking about real life shit but but you're also right with the first years it was some fuck shit and that relationship probably shouldn't have continued but i but they got some kids out of it so i guess yeah. I mean, like, it makes sense to me that it continued because I feel like people think that they don't deserve things that they do all the time, yeah. especially women. Like, yeah, think that they don't deserve to be, they deserve to be not treated well or, like, you know, accept less mm-hmm. because, like, that's what 
we're told everywhere. Yeah. Like that having standards is like the biggest insult you could possibly have when you're in a relationship. Having boundaries is like, why would you insult me by having a boundary? True, true. Like, I'll ne- fine, I'll never do it again. I'll never speak again. I mean, hell hath no fury than, so- than someone who has caught a woman with standards. Yeah. <laughs> so, like- <laughs> Literally. And like, you can see, like, I mean, like, I guess, like, I want to spend, like, a lot of time talking about it, but, like, you know, like, I think that you look at, like, Derek and Meredith's relationship, but, like, quieter happening in the background is Miranda's relationship with Ben. Yeah. And how they negotiate, like, all of, like, their different, like, career choices and, like, childcare Mm -hmm. and, like, it's happening, like, it's, like, much less prioritized in terms of, like, Mm storylines, but, like, it's, like, that's how you have conflict and resolve it healthily when you like love and respect the person that you're with. Yeah. Respect being the operative word. When you think about the person that you're with as a person and not somebody who's just there to do things for you and make you feel some way about yourself. Yep. That's it. I mean, that's all I got for Derek. I was sad. Like you said, I was sad because Meredith was sad. Yes. But. I mean, just Derek, the character feels like a mistake that you make in your 20s that you should get over. (laughs) But you know, a lot of people be marrying that mistake. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. So. That I guess that tracks. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> that right. feeling when you realize the greatest love of your life actually like didn't treat you that hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna remain very quiet right now. <laughs> Hopefully, McWidow's nicer. Yes, because McWidow has been through some shit. Yeah. And she saw him on the beach, so I think that means something. <laughs> I think that's a spoiler. Um, y'all didn't see, but Ariella's eyebrows went way up just now. Yes. <laughs> I'm wiggling my eyebrows at McWidow. I'm like, I like, I like the bald, honestly. I'll be honest. Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to keep it real. Not many white men can pull off that look. Oh, he pulls it off. He truly does, yeah. Yes. I don't even know what he would look like with hair. I don't even know if it would look good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on. Yeah, I'm honestly like I'm not interested. I'm just like what I've seen. I'm I'm happy with. Did you see um, the episode with his wife and what happened with his wife? What do you think yeah. about that? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, like obviously, like I hate that like his wife has died, yeah. um, but like he's like so you know he's so like kind and put together and then like you know so righteously angry at like the drug rep but it's just like yeah yeah I can't wait to see more of him they've kind of got him on this on the bench a lot here Mm -hmm. so I don't know all right I guess that's all we're going to talk about with Derek um on to Maggie let's talk about Maggie I love Maggie Maggie is lovely Maggie is all personifies all of awkward black girlness and I'm here for it. I, I love her. it so much. I love her her emotional like um stuntedness and like 
her kind of struggle to like figure out how to navigate like all of these minefields um, with her newfound family. Um, I love that she tried with Jackson, I guess. I don't know. Did Jackson? I mean, Jackson was fine. I'm like glad that she, you know, I'm glad that she like got to see what was going on there. Yeah. But I'm also glad that she like, you know, dumped him. Yeah. Or I guess he dumped her. I don't know. But either way, it's like, fuck him. And she's so centered. She's like, he wants me to like be someone who I'm not. And I should totally like have somebody who like wants to be with me the way I am because I'm fantastic. And also like, I can't be anybody besides who I am. Like, why would I, how could I do that? Right. Like she never tries. She's just like, She's like, yes, I'll go camping with you. But she's like fucking miserable the whole time, which like makes sense. It seems miserable. Mm -hmm. He's like asking her like not to complain about the fact that she just broke her ankle. Like these are unreasonable expectations. Jackson is a ridiculous person. And like, I feel like that goes back to like her hesitation to even be in a relationship with him in the first place. He had to chase her down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because she kind of knew that shit wasn't going to work out. They are two fundamentally different people. Mm -hmm. Um. He, like, comes from a place that's, like, really rooted in, like, even if he wasn't, like, you know, like, he has a, like, you know, he's been raised, like, by a Black mom. But, like, to me, it seems very clear that he's grown up in white spaces his whole life. That he's, like, grown up around whiteness, like, very much so. Yeah. And Maggie has not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that, like, the ways, yeah, I don't know. I think that that, to me, is, like, one of the biggest conflicts in their relationship is that he's just like into like he just has this like way of like being I don't know that's just like so entitled yeah um and so like unself-reflexive yeah he just he refuses to kind of budge or move or consider viewpoints other than his own Mm -hmm. in a way that just comes off as really immature yeah it's really (laughs) gross um but that's about him that's not about maggie yeah let's get back to maggie the way i feel about maggie is the singing fish gram that her parents sent to her on her first day of work oh yeah maggie's lovely she's just lovely um i like that she's just kind of this badass who's just awkward and clumsy Um, yes I love her awkwardness (laughs) I relate to that Um. and I feel like what I another thing I like about her characters I feel like a lot of times when um like I think in like uh not in something like um like uh insecure for example but like I think a lot of times when you have like awkward black girl characters like their awkwardness is so separate from their blackness like their awkwardness is like something that is atypical for like a black experience of like womanhood. And so they, their love interests are very often white men. Mm. And like, I think that like, you know, like Maggie, Maggie dates white men and like expresses interest in white men. But like right now she's in this like super functional relationship with this like really hot black doctor. And I don't know, I really like that. Like- It's super nice. Okay, let's take a break. Do you think that shit's gonna last? I hope so. But it doesn't sound like you do. It doesn't- I hope so. No, I just like hope he doesn't have enough of a character yet for me to like know. Yeah, I I feel like that's intentional. 
I don't know if he's long for this Shonda world. Shonda land, I should say. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I guess he had to like, he had that drama with his family. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I guess, like, I was, like, he, so he has, like, a backstory, right? Like, but did they resolve that, really? Not really. Yeah, she was kind of just, like, it's okay. Like, or, like, why didn't you call me or something? I don't know. They had a conversation about it. It wasn't, like, a lot. Yeah. But this COVID storyline has been a lot. We'll get to that. <laughs> it's a lot to keep track of. But, yeah, no, I hope he is. I like him so much. I like them together. And can I also say I love her hair changes? Yes. Like, I love that she has a black hairstylist. Like, and yes. I appreciate that. Like, I was just, I, like, I was thinking about that with these most recent episodes. Like, how rare it is to see black women with cornrows. Mm-hmm. Like, um in professional settings um like on tv and like i just really love that she's had like um all of these like very specific like braided styles um yeah it's really nice it has been nice yeah and her hair is always wrapped too in like the night scenes that's important and that's how you know a black person is writing the show (laughs) yeah um how do you feel about Maggie's relationship with Richard and with Meredith in terms of like this found family that mm-hmm. she didn't know about originally? I don't know. I mean, like, I think to me, like, they don't appreciate her. Like, they don't, she's, she's not like a whole member of the family. And I think she overcompensates for it a lot. Yeah. Um, but like, I, you know what I really wish I, you know what I want to, I'm just putting this out there and more into the universe. I want to see more of her relationship with Zola. Mm. Cause I feel like there's so much potential there. And I think it's something that like, you know, just for the got most that part, child talking whole sentences. Huh? They just got that child talking whole sentences just now. So. It's true. Yeah. I just like, feel like, like to me, there's so much like wasted potential there. Mm-hmm. Like. And like, maybe they're ready for that. Maybe they'll, maybe now, I don't, don't think where the show was at when it first started. Like that was like a place where they could have conversations. But like, I think that like, you know, they're both adopted. Like, that, yeah, that's, yeah. That would be a really interesting dynamic. Yeah. Like, I just think that like, you know, like, yeah, I just wonder, and I want to, yeah, I just want to hear more from like Zola in general, but I think that like, Yeah. Yeah. It, it it feels like they're not putting as much uh, I don't care into exploring her as a member of that family as they used to. Mm-hmm. Um and I wonder why that is. Like I actually forgot until we started talking about the show like for this episode. Like I forget that she's actually Meredith's sister yeah. and Richard's daughter. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I think that she in part like knows it, right? Like I remember like when like Edwards, when like um when Amelia believes, like takes Joe's word over Edwards's word, mm-hmm. Stephanie's word about like um Stephanie being sick as a child. Mm-hmm. And like Amelia asks Maggie if she's racist. Yeah. And like Maggie gives her this like really like sort of like phoned in like comfort 
but it's like kind of like that where it's just like it's like Maggie has all this other shit going on in her life that like they're not going to be able to ever understand like and that was like another conversation that happened like in a very recent episode where like Maggie was like you know like like black women and girls like experience things that like white women and girls like would never even have to worry about yeah um and I've like known this my whole life so it's like kind of like I don't have space for you mm-hmm. to like want to talk to me about this because like I just can't with you yeah and I think is she talking to Amelia again or is she talking to Teddy I can't remember do you remember oh I think she's talking to Amelia again I think it's Amelia yeah. yeah, so, like, she has this dynamic with Amelia where, like, Amelia is this, like, foolish, like, white person who's just, like, super self-involved. Um, but with Meredith, it's almost like, yeah, like, the, they kind of work it out, but they're also kind of, like... Yeah. Like, Maggie's really there for Meredith, but Meredith doesn't really, like, she try The ways that she tries to show up for Maggie are not, like, real ways. They're not. Like, when she's hooking up with Riggs or whatever, and she's trying to, like, protect Maggie, she's just, like, infantilizing her. Yeah. And, like, but I think it tracks, honestly. Like, all of this, like, tracks for, like, you know, my range of experience, like, yeah, you know. I would like to see more conversations between Maggie and Miranda Bailey. Yes. That that could be really... Yes kind of generative and interesting um and there could be a lot of like conversations that are happening underneath those conversations that could be explored I would like to see more of that I agree with you yeah I think there's a real potential to talk about like sort of generational things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 but you're right they don't interact very much on the show you know, I find and that feels like a choice to me and I wonder why that is yeah. But I am excited to see where Maggie goes because I think she's been like a really nice addition to the cast, mm-hmm. um, to the story. Yeah. Glad that like, Jackson is over. Glad that's I'm over. So I glad hated it. Jackson's over. I hated it the whole time, to be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, just, I mean, like they look good together. Like I was like into it. But they but, had no chemistry though. They had no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah. And I was like, the sibling thing is really weird I was like that was too much for me yeah (laughs) I'm like also just putting it out there into the universe this one's a little bit more far-fetched but like in my fantasy world Maggie realizes that she's gay and hooks up with Vic and they live happily ever after with who Vic Jackson's ex oh they're so awkward and sweet they're both so awkward I don't know that character enough to know she's Really good looking. I know. They could be really good looking together. <laughs> that would that would be hilarious for Jackson. I would like that. Yeah. But then Jackson, like Jack, like, you know, Shonda does away with Jackson or like he like, I don't know, just like goes and like works at his like sad white dad's bar <laughs> in like Montana or whatever. <laughs> Him and Kepner try to give it another go. I what couldn't are- I couldn't care less. <sighs> whatever. God, oh God, I never want to talk about Carpenter, please. I wonder how they're going to write her back in because she's with the love of her life now. So, yeah. and she's so annoying. She, she doesn't have a single storyline that doesn't make me want to punch her in the face. Okay, and much better than talking about Kepner. Ah, 
Here we go. Stephanie Edwards. My queen. Now I will say full disclaimer, one Ariella Ty artiste has done work around Stephanie Edwards. So there may be a bit of a bias here. <laughs> I love her so much. I feel like she gets done so dirty. She was. That was absolutely. But okay, it's complicated because I do like the idea. I mean, we we're talking about black excellence. Someone, a black woman, no less, deciding to give that up. I do like that idea. That's interesting. I like that too. I just want to see it. You know, I want to see her like relaxing and like on the beach and like finding joy doing something else. But I feel like all we get to see is like her just like take one hit after another. Yeah. Like culminating in like literally saving this like stupid white child. That child is so annoying the whole episode because it's like the child who like can't stop running away because like she's like mad that like her parents are giving the baby attention or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's just saving this dumbass kid and like almost dies in the process. Like not that she should have just like let the kid die, like, you know, obviously. <laughs> but like it's just like, I don't know. She just like has to sacrifice so much just like over and over again and give up so many like I don't know. She like tries to like maintain like her center, but like I feel like like all the other characters just like suck so much lifeblood out of her. Like they're so vampiric. Like she tries to keep it a secret, like that, like her like painful childhood, like and she's like literally like, and that's what that's what is like this really interesting storyline that she's like literally a medical test subject as a child. Right. I thought that was hints, you know, like, which is like a piece of this like whole history of like the medicine that all these people are working on, right? Like the basis of like the medical industrial complex is like experimentation on, on black people, Mm -hmm. like including black children. Mm -hmm. And so like, she comes, she's like a product of like that trauma and then gets like, gets like almost like chewed up and spit out. Yeah. In spite of her like incredible talent, right? It's kind of like, I mean, I love her as a character. Like I love to see her on screen, but like watching the way that she gets it that gets done in the show, just like it really fucking hurt. It did. It was a lot. I was I had such high hopes when her character debuted. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a thing. This is gonna be something. I'm looking forward to this. And then I don't know. She just, she didn't, that character didn't get the care and the time that I would have hoped she would have gotten. She had that little, that thing with Jackson, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the most. Even that didn't, it didn't play as fun, like as a fling should play, in my opinion. It felt more, I don't know, just like going through the motions. It felt like, to me, it just, like he had so much power. And, like, because of colorism, like, too. Like, like he had so much power in the workplace. And then it was also, like, colorism, I feel like, that, like, played, that made me, like, not, that made their relationship feel icky. Where it was just, like, I can't believe he would choose someone like me. Sort of, like, energy from her when she's, like, so fabulous. Yeah. And, like, and then for him to, like, leave her for, like, 
Hepner is just like that was such like it's just it's like yeah it's so horrific like it's just like you know like it I feel like I I don't know like I haven't had that feeling but like like but I feel like yeah so many times it's just like I don't I just don't understand like Edwards and Kepner just like there's no choice like why would there even it's so confusing to me like even with their whole backstory I'm just like she's better in all regards yeah and she takes so much he treats her like crap he does and like the second that she tries to advocate for her for herself like really like the next episode she gets dumped (sighs) and then like she has that thing with like the brain tumor guy and then he dies which is like so traumatic right yeah and like she's like targeted by um who's like the 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 um the quality assurance person oh yeah it's like tries minic she gets like basically targeted by minic for being like for being like angry and aggressive mm-hmm and like Richard tries to sh- who somebody tries to somebody tries to have her back, but I can't remember who. But like, yeah, it's just like she has to go through, like she has to deal with all this massage noir. And then like in the end, she just quits. Yeah. But it would be like, what would it look like for her to like do this thing that she loves and that she cares about, like in a situation where she could actually do like caring and healing work, which is like presumably what she wants to do. Like she, you know. Like, she's, like, I spent all my life in hospitals, but what it looked like for, like, this idea of, like, healing and medicine to, like, be transformed into this thing that isn't just, like, wildly, like, extractive. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Sorry, that's my, no. that's my, I have a lot of feelings about Stephanie I think Edwards. Stephanie, Stephanie Edwards got a raw deal and, again, wasted opportunity there, unfortunately. And it's interesting to watch all of that go down while her counterpart, Joe, who was literally in the same position as her, but white, gets all this other care and time. Literally. Doing the same shit, doing the same shit. Dating her superior, Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out her specialty. Like, and of the two, which one is still here? Which one do we are, which one are we still forced to look at? Exactly. exactly yeah and she gets like she gets like the the um what is it like bitch baby yeah like she gets like the sad broken man and like of course like you know alex turns out to be like you know alex makes this choice that nobody agrees with including myself but are we gonna talk about that i guess we can it makes so little sense to me that that's kind of all i can say about it this is just i can't decide if it hit me like yeah bad writing or like (laughs) he just wanted to go right like that character he was just like I need to spend time with my family but like and how do you wrap up a storyline like that like it's like either kill him or like you know he goes to live with Izzy you didn't have to do that though I I guess he could have got hit by a bus (laughs) that's been done I know she's running out of (laughs) It's like fasting, all the Grey's Anatomy deaths are like fast and uh, movies, fast and furious movies. There's only so many ways to like. All that's left is space. All that's left is space. 
god, stop. Yeah, Karev gets shot into space. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. But no, exactly. And like and Joe like wields it over her all the time. All the time. Yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like she gets to get treated like a person. She gets to have flaws. Like she gets to have vulnerability and like make mistakes. And Stephanie never does. Mm -hmm. And Stephanie knows it too. And like resents it. (sighs) And you resent it for Stephanie too, but it like never changes. It doesn't. I just wonder like how Stephanie's character is like so different than like Maggie's or like Miranda's, you know? Well, when we meet, Maggie, when we meet Miranda, they're on they're on much higher rungs, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a little bit more space and more grace to be human. Mm-hmm. You start as an intern, you don't have that wiggle room, I guess. Yeah, is the lesson that I've learned from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it feels like Schmidt does, you know. Mm. Yeah, Schmidt is getting a lot of time and care. Which I like. I like that. I hope he gets his shit together. Yeah, I mean, I feel indifferent, to be honest, about Schmidt. I, I do have a love in my heart for Schmidt. I don't hate him. It just doesn't do that much for me. Why is Like, that? I'm like, his boyfriend's hot. Like, I'm pro. His boyfriend is low-key kind He's of... a jerk. Yeah, well, high-key a jerk. Low-key, maybe a little emotionally abusive, maybe a little bit. Yeah, he gives me very Burke vibes. It's very Burke vibes. Yeah. Yeah, Burke. I feel bad. I feel bad for Schmidt. I do. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> it's also like, well, I mean, it's like his first gay relationship. Like it's not, it's gonna be shitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's like an adolescent, you know, and like he's yeah. going through gay puberty. In the middle of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so in his like mid-20s. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, what was I going to... I forget. Oh, so Jerrica Hinton, who plays Stephanie Edwards, is just, like, she's just fabulous, and I just, like, love seeing her in things, and she's in a show that is terrible called Hunters. Okay. But... That's a terrible name. It's about, like, um, it's about, uh, like, Holocaust survivors hunting down ex-Nazis, which sounds like it should be... the one with, um, what's-his-face? Was it... Yeah. I don't know which one it is, but you're right. I don't remember her in that. I watched the whole series. She's the police officer. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. I gotta watch that again. Yeah, she's the police officer and she's gay. She's gay in the show. That's what I came here to say. That's why I opened my mouth (laughs) to talk about it. It was just that, like, I love seeing characters who I didn't all the way love their storylines in other shows be gay in other shows I just love seeing characters I love be gay that's all I came here to say so she's gay and she's with and she's like in like a black lesbian relationship oh wait I'm okay I'm remembering now yes, yes. with someone else who's really cute she didn't anyway. die though right she didn't die uh i can't remember I, that might be why i blocked it out <laughs> so, um i can't remember i mean like she definitely like is harmed mm. but i can't remember if she dies 
Okay. I don't have the tolerance for that sort of thing anymore. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Um, yeah, Stephanie Edwards deserved better. But what can you do? Yeah. No, I don't think that she, I don't think that she dies. She oh. doesn't die. Okay. But her storyline isn't great, you know? Like, her storyline doesn't, like, do a lot for me. It's, like, really, like, the scenes when she, like, goes home to, like, make out with her girlfriend. And I was like, okay. And then the rest of the show is, like, utter trash. Okay. Yeah, I remember that show. I remember hating the way that fucking season ended um, and the big reveal. I was pissed. I was pissed. Yeah. And then I was like, of course, how can I expect anything le- anything better? How? Yeah. This, this is my fault. I did this to myself. <laughs> so I came here. I asked for this. <laughs> yeah. But, but I digress. <laughs> we are only halfway through our character list. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because no. Addison is actually the last character. And then it's story arcs, really. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So the next part will be story arcs. Okay. All right. So let's finish off with Addison. As I love Addison. Addison's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. Like Addison, like I love, like, honestly, I love the way that they talk about the sort of like ways that um, obstetrics and gynecology are like less developed as like medical fields. And I feel like Addison really starts that conversation and then gets carried on um, by Arizona and um, uh, what's the, like the, the, her, like when she becomes a pediatric surgeon and like her mentor goes blind. Oh, Gina Davis. Yeah. Gina Davis's character. I forget what her name is as the doctor, but like, I love, like, I just like, like, I like the way that the show talks about like the different fields of medicine and like how like gender plays into it because like Addison is like really I don't know I think the work that Addison's doing is like really important yeah um and it's like clear how much less valued she is like her career is yeah by everybody in the show yeah because obstetrics and gynecology it's like you know nobody cares yeah um even though, obviously, I mean, like, we don't have to talk about, but all of the stuff I said earlier about medical experimentation is 100% true about obstetrics and gynecology as well. Particularly gynecology, yes. Exactly. So for her as like a white woman to be carrying that on, um, you know, feelings for sure. But like, I love how like, I don't know, I just feel like she's so like goofy in these ways that I was like really into. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I liked Addison originally because she was a bad bitch. And like she came in and just blew the blew blew up Derek's spot um and just like proceeded to be like, I'm here to get what I want and I'm just gonna get what I want, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that. I thought that was cool. She, uh, she also kind of seemed to live in an adult world. Um which was really interesting um, when juxtaposition next to like, like when she's having conversations with Derek, it felt like there's an adult here talking and then the other person is being a child. Yeah. That's how it felt all the time. Which is like so funny, right? Because then like Derek turns and like tries to pretend like he's the adult with Meredith when in fact he's just being a man child. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I really liked her interactions with Miranda too. Um, I thought they were really funny um and it's just like two people talking real shit like all the time like yeah. they got together I like that um 
yeah, just Addison was just like, you know, this character that had all the things that you're supposed to want, but was also deeply flawed and fucked up and knew she was fucked up and was trying to fix it. And I just, mm-hmm. loved that. I appreciated it. So, yeah. I love that was- too. I don't think she was ever mean to Meredith, which was also cool. It was, it was clear that she understood that all of it was pretty much like on her and Derek. And she ne- I don't, I didn't get the impression that she ever tried to pull Meredith in on some fuck shit. I think that like at the very beginning before she understood that like, Der- like what Derek had done, mm-hmm. like she was like not nice to Meredith, mm-hmm. but um like it feel I I also like I liked how like it was very like Derek needs to get his shit together. Yeah. Like even Meredith, like as young as like she was, like, you know, I think the fact that she's not like doesn't take it out on Addison really. Yeah. Although like it is really shitty that like she sleeps with Derek while he's trying to work it out with Addison, but it, it takes two to tango, you know. And I don't remember how that whole did they actually It's like during the prom. And it's the panties on the, the panties on the board. It was ending though. It it's was. true. And Derek, true. Derek was staring at her during the whole time being Derek. Like yeah. she tried to walk away. I remember yeah. that part. And he yeah. followed her. Yeah. No, I mean like, yeah. <laughs> like Addison is like the poster child for like drawing something out way longer than it has to be. Never mind. Owen's the poster child for that. But oh, yes. Oh God. Addison did it first and did it in a way that you know was way more sympathetic where you didn't want her to fall into a manhole yeah i mean addison was fighting for her marriage so yeah she really but was. it was like why also that yes why? <laughs> for him really why? have you have you looked at you have you looked at him you could do better you did do better that's why y'all were not together anymore <laughs> oh, that was mean i take that back <laughs> just <laughs> I mean, at least Sloan was like real. Like Sloan never claimed to be perfect. I love, I love Sloan. Number right. two between McDreamy and McSteamy, I would choose McSteamy. Sorry, well, every day, without <laughs> question, without question. I gotta be honest. I feel like I was actually more pissed when Shonda killed him than when she killed Derek. I yeah. was legitimately considered not watching anymore. I was pissed. It's so sad. And she was she was playing in our face. She made him live through the plane crash. Exactly. And then him. What exactly? Is that? Exactly. That was like the only time I liked Jackson was like his relationship with Sloan. Yeah, that was nice. That was really cute. The plastics posse. That was really cute. That was. That was. But yeah, no. But I mean, it made sense though. It's just like I don't. It's like Sloan doesn't want to live without Little Gray. Oh gosh. I okay, we didn't talk about that, but I think that was actually that him his relationship with Little Gray was my favorite. I Even think. more so than Ben and Miranda. I mean, okay. Like, okay, so in terms of healthiest relationship, Ben and Miranda, hands mm-hmm. down. But the dynamic and the chemistry, his with Little Gray's is my favorite. I can see that. I don't agree or I don't feel the same way, but like, yeah, sure. (laughs) I found it so hard to not be annoyed by her. She was just like, I mean, like she was sweet and like, but like she was sweet, but I was just like, it's too annoying. She's too annoying. 
like I was sad when she died and like I liked her in Sloan and like I didn't like hate her as a character but she just kind of she was just like she was so milk toast. she was annoying yes but I like the whole dynamic of him as like kind of like you know dirty mistress club member and then she is this kind of like sort of like sweet uh kind of like never been kissed type or whatever and mm-hmm. then kind of getting together and falling in love i like yeah. that thing yeah like all the ups and downs yeah yeah um i also like the way sloan just like the, the way sloan was introduced to us like he was just like yeah i'm, I'm just here to to choose violence and cause problems that's yeah. why um yeah. i'm gonna hit on addison the whole time she's trying to fix her marriage I loved it. I'm also going to hit on Meredith too, because why not? I love it. It's just like all he can do. Like, I love the, like, uh, that speech that like Bailey gives when he's like getting blackballed by the nurses. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you knew what you were getting into. Like, he's never claimed to be anything other than what he is. So like, why are you mad? And I was just like, this is so cute. And like Sloan's just like sitting there like, also like the the kind of the friendship that he had with Callie I thought that was really yeah oh I love that friendship that's what I'm saying about these like alternate imaginings of like relationships where they're just like they're the kind of people where it's like they just want to have like the sex is not the sex is not the is not the thing yeah like the sex is a thing and it's and it's they have just have a different iteration of relationship yeah and I love that yeah it's 325. We have finished our discussion on the characters. So we can close out part one. <laughs> I feel that there will be multiple other parts. So let's just say this is part one. Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart, got lost in the game.